0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: And welcome to First Bite, our midweek Pride of Detroit podcast for all of your midweek needs. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the managing editor of Pride of Detroit. We are here. It is Super Bowl week. Happy Super Bowl week to everyone out there. Happy Super Bowl week to our co-host, the first fight, Ryan Matthews at Ryan underscore POD. Ryan, how are we doing?
2: Uh, it's Super Bowl week and the Lions aren't here again.
1: <laughs> Thank you for that reminder. I hadn't I hadn't remembered. I was yeah, expecting just... to tune in Sunday night and be like, hey, my lions are on.
2: Hey, look, it's those guys.
1: Hey, we haven't <laughs> seen them in a month. What are they up to? Hey. <laughs>
2: Uh, legitimately, though, all things are good. Thank you for asking. I'm excited to get into a little bit of Super Bowl preview. Yes,
1: and that's what we're going to do in this podcast. It's going to be almost exclusively Super Bowl stuff, So if you're looking for line stuff, it's probably not the podcast for you, but we're going to kick things off with the line stuff, because mm-hmm. we have to kick we, we didn't have a first bite last week. I know you guys have been itching for it. We need some two a talk. Two a talk. It's two a talk we, time. We, need, we really need a theme if there's anyone out there that cre- can create a theme, I don't, I don't care what you put it to. Like if it takes two, uh, do that. Sure. <laughs> do it. That do that. Do, do whatever you want, but we really need an intro theme for the next two months of Tua a talk because it's going to become everyone's favorite segment. If it isn't already, we're g- We're going to force it, force feed you to a talk.
2: We're going to force feed you to enjoy Tua a talk. <laughs> I love, right. I love the, I love the idea of it takes two. uh, to make a dream come true. True what? Oh god. Okay, it's getting worse. So let's get right <laughs> into it. Okay. Tua Talk for the Week. Tua Talk yes. for the Week Hit me. is is once again centered on QB needy teams and specifically maybe not so tangentially related, Tua Talk is directly dealing with the new report from Jake Lazer about <clears throat> Philip Rivers not yeah coming back to los angeles to play for the for the chargers so what does it all mean what does it all mean and what it means is tua that's what it means and that's why it's part of tua talk this week so are the chargers now officially another team that is that that can insert them into that spot at number three are the chargers another team who are going to be qb needy enough Do they want to move up and do they want to get the guy that they want? Because Joe Burrow going to be the number one pick. How do the rest of the teams view the rest of the quarterbacks? And I I think I think it also comes down to free agency, but we're not quite there to free agency. And plus, the name of this segment isn't free agency talk; it's Tua talk. Right. So, do do we think the Los Angeles Chargers want Tua? I mean,
1: th- they certainly are in the quarterback market, and I don't think they're in a position where they're necessarily one like veteran. Like, let's make one last run at Tom Brady and see see what happens. Like, I don't think that's necessarily mm-hmm. in their plans. I mean, this was a five and eleven team, and sure they underperformed um, in terms of expectations, and they're probably a better team than than the record showed, but. Um, I mean, they they need a young franchise quarterback. They need a guy for the future, not a guy for a one year run. It doesn't make sense to do something like that. So yeah, they are absolutely in the run for for Tua or whatever quarterback they prefer um, that that isn't Joe Burrow. Uh, what I mean, the question as it as it always has been is like where where do they trade up or do they trade up at all? Do they do they assume Tua or whoever they like lands down there at six? And and that's the ultimate question. But, I mean, the good news for Detroit is now there, there are certainly more quarterback-hungry teams. And really, 5, 6, and 7, Miami, Chargers, Panthers, might all be quarterback needy teams. And, and having those three that close together can only mean good things for the Lions.
2: It can only mean good things for the Lions. And the question I think that is most interesting is, Philip Rivers moved to Miami, question mark? So does this change their prospects? They turned their season around once they handed over the keys to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now I don't know how much better a aging Phillip rivers is than Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point. I don't know if there's a ton of a difference between those two guys as quarterbacks, but I think that if the chargers do covet a guy like Tua or they want to get quote unquote, their guy, they do have to jump the Miami dolphins because I think the Miami dolphins are 100% taking a quarterback. I don't, I don't see, I don't see how they, I don't see how they go into the next season with Josh Rosen. That clearly wasn't. That clearly didn't work out. They went back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I see the Chargers, if they have to make a move, they have to get in front of the Dolphins at least. So whether or not that means move up to the Giants spot or whether that moves all the way up to three depends on how much the Lions are asking for that pick. But would you be comfortable with the Lions moving back to six rather than five?
1: I would. And and we kind of discussed a, a scenario like this on, on the POD cast where the Lions had a double trade down scenario where they traded down with Miami to five and then to seven with the Panthers. And when you consider all the defensive prospects that are still probably going to be available there at six, I mean, if, if the Lions trade down to six, you have to imagine at least two quarterbacks are gone. Chase mm-hmm. Young is gone. So that means they're going to, at the very worst, have their option of one of the following three, Jeff Okuda, Isaiah Simmons or Derek Brown one of those three is guaranteed to be there. And that's a pretty good, that's not bad. And that's also assuming that one, another quarterback doesn't go two, um, we're talking about no offensive tackles going, which I, I think an offensive tackle is, is likely to go in the top six. Um, so chances are good. The lines really have at least two, their chance out of two of those three there. And if you pick up an extra second or a, uh, you know, a, a second and a third along the way, yeah, do it.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do it I, too I, well. I, I, <laughs> I might mix this entire segment just to get <laughs> you to get back inside of your own pocket. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, though. I think the Lions, as a football team, they need to accumulate as many picks as they can within the top 100 because they have so many, even if they don't have immediate needs. And if even if we are to assume that they do like some of the players that are in the positions that they currently have them in like Devin Kennard or even somebody like Rick Wagner. If we, if we assume that, if we assume that to be true, it doesn't mean that this roster still doesn't need positional depth and they need as many players as they can. And you can't always count on rookies to immediately make an impact. So I think no matter what, getting as many guys in the top 100 should be a, should be a point of emphasis for Bob Quinn and company. And that's why, you know, I had an open thread question, question this week about how comfortable or, you know, how far is too far down? Yeah. Because I truly do think that the lions need at least one impact player. That's going to play a lot of snaps in 2020, whether or not that's Jeffrey Okuda, whether or not that's Derek Brown, whether or not that's Jerry Judy, I don't know, but they need a guy who's going to be on the field more often than not. And is going to be a player for them going into next season because they, they do need that. I mean, they, they had the third pick in the draft for a reason, right? Jeremy. Yep. Yeah. They need some help. They need some help. And Tua, uh, and Tua is not it. And that is where we cut off to a talk. Right no, r-
1: really quick. Oh, really? Um, what one more addendum to Tua talk. Um, Some oh. guy in Miami thinks that the Lions are going to trade Matthew Stafford. And he said, that's all the talk of the senior bowl. Despite the fact that no one else at the senior bowl heard those same rumors at all. And no one else, uh, you know, if you put that news into context, it makes no sense.
2: Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. that should be part of its own segment called Tua rumors. <laughs>
1: two t- t- rumor Yeah, I was going to try to connect those two words It didn't work.
2: All <laughs> right, <Probably> not. <laughs> Tua talk is over. Cue
1: the end theme. Ready? Drop it. We don't have one yet. Sorry. Uh, let's let's talk Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl is yeah. is a great week. I think we we're very lucky in the matchup we got this year. I think. In terms of ideal matchups, when the playoff brackets were out, this was near the top. I think maybe the I I don't would you have preferred any other matchup? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know if there's a better one out there.
2: Um, I really would have liked to have seen the Saints get to the Super Bowl and Teddy Bridgewater be the quarterback. Oh, all right. All right. All right
1: other uh, other
2: th- other than that I I I am legitimately pretty excited with the matchup and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that the Patriots aren't in it. Yeah, that that definitely I mean, the
1: fact that we have two teams uh, I, I threw this out on Twitter that I wouldn't mind winning. I feel like that's the first time that's happened in 20 years. Where I'm just like, "Oh, this team can win, I'll be happy. This team can win, I'll be happy." Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. The the only the only thing swaying me one way or the other is I'm so I'm already so tired of all the look at all these former lines that are on the 49ers and about to win a Super Bowl articles.
2: Yeah, <sighs> I'm
1: I'm good on that. I'm good on that too, but but I do like a lot of the guys on the 49ers. Um how, all right, so do you want to break down the game first or do you want to do prop bets first? Because I wanna I wanna tackle both.
2: Yeah, let's uh let's just talk about the game a little bit and then we can get into our prop bets.
1: Okay, so we'll yeah. we'll finish this segment off. Let's talk about when the Chiefs have the ball, and then when we come back after the break, we'll talk about when the 49ers have the ball and do some prop bets. Sound good? Okay, yeah, that sounds great to me. I know, I know, we have to start with when the Chiefs having the ball first because I I will let you you have you have the floor for five minutes to just talk about Patrick Mahomes. Okay, so where do I start? <laughs>
2: Patrick Mahomes was born. <laughs> I'm. I'm really excited to see Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl because and this is <laughs> this is really silly but he's on the cover of Madden and for so long oh, there had been a Madden curse and okay. he is he's a player who is in the Super Bowl and he's on the cover of Madden and I think that that is just so cool like it's a far cry from the times in which you know Michael Vick was on the cover and he breaks his leg in the preseason or you know, it's Eddie George, and he fumbles in the playoff game. You're, you're uh, tempting fate right now. I hope you know. i I'm, I I know I am. But do you know <laughs> if any if there's anybody who can who can surmount fate and change their own stars? It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Kermit the Frog. The thing about this Chiefs team, and the thing about what's going to make this game so interesting, is that this Chiefs offense can literally score whenever it wants to mm-hmm. on on any single play. They have playmakers in place. They have Patrick Mahomes under center to make a play at any given time. And that's what's going to be so interesting about this game because you can't really take your eyes off of the game because at any moment, Tyreek Hill is going to catch a pass for 60 yards yeah. or Travis Kelsey is going to make a huge impact play or you know some, somebody on that Chiefs offense is going to make a big play. It, it could be Sammy Watkins. They, they, they just have so many weapons. And Patrick Mahomes makes all that possible with that golden arm of his. So yeah. that's that's really one of the big draws, I think, for me for this game, um, because we'll come back and like I said, or like you said, we'll, we'll talk about the 49ers offense and why it's just boring as all hell to me um, <laughs> outside, of, outside of one player. But at least the Chiefs offense, I think, just has has the capability and it has the it just has this really magical allure to it, with the way that it can score at any at, like at any time, and and it's and it's an offense that I haven't, I don't think I've been as like interested in as I have been in like years past. Even even the Rams from, um, you know, a season exactly. ago,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, and, and I want to bring up that because I feel like a lot of people, myself included, have, have kind of just thought about that game last year and, and, and how it compares to this year. And, you know, we we all came in thinking, you know, Sean McVay is a genius. This is a Rams offense that, that, like this Chiefs offense, unstoppable, can score at will. And then the Patriots hold them to, what, nine points in the Super Bowl? And we're talking yep. about a pretty damn good, you know, 49ers defense. This is the second pass defense offense versus second pass DVOA in in defense. It, is there even a thought across your mind here that maybe this could potentially be a kind of a repeat of last year's Super Bowl in that essence?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, well, and I think you had mentioned this on Twitter at some point or maybe you did it in Slack, all of it kind of bleeds together, but how upset are we going to be if we get another Super Bowl where the Lions were the blueprint to how to yep. stop the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, the scenarios are perfect together though, right? Cuz the, the
1: Lions held the, the Rams, in check, didn't win the game. They blew it at the end. Same thing happened with the Chiefs this the years. So you kind of have to wonder. I mean, the big difference here is that the Lions implement a lot of man-to-man. And in that day, they didn't have to deal with Tyreek Hill. Um, their, mm-hmm. their DBs were playing outstanding. The 49ers don't do that. The 49ers they have their, their cover three. They don't like to play a lot of man-to-man. Um, they will have to deal with Tyreek Hill. But they're certainly a lot better overall. I think... I that was definitely a, a tongue in cheek Twitter comment because I don't think they're they're going to change their game plan that drastically. But at the same time, you never know because having these two weeks between the last playoff game and and the Super Bowl, teams really like to to change things up quite a bit, and they have a lot of time to do so. So I don't think they make that drastic of a change. But in terms, I I don't know. I, it's it's just it's interesting to me how how the parallels are are set up to be there.
2: Yeah, and I think specifically what the lions did that week against the chiefs, you mentioned, you know, the way that they were able to play up and they were able to play man and kind of get into the receivers before they had a chance to use some of that speed and some of that separation to their advantage. The other thing was, is that the lions were able to generate some pressure for the first time. And they were able to generate pressure from the interior. And I think that what, I mean, and this isn't rocket science, but I think we found like what people found out from that game against the chiefs, because there were subsequent weeks where Patty Mahomes and the chief struggled a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, you have to put pressure on the quarterback. You have yeah. to put pressure on the quarterback. So he doesn't have, cause Mahomes has that ability to get outside of the pocket and make plays and and, and extend plays in a way that, you know, some other quarterbacks can't. and, right. The, the thing that the lions were able to do is they were able to keep constant pressure on him. And if you don't give those receivers opportunities to stretch the field down, you know, or have the receivers stretch downfield and have the quarterback be able to extend and make plays. then all of a sudden the chief's offense isn't so scary. Um, And the 49ers sure do have a pass rush that is capable of doing that. When you think about the kind of guys they have, right. Fred Warner, Bosa, uh, you know Armstead. They mm-hmm. they have they have the yeah they have the type of personnel to to do that. But Patty Mahomes, if we're still talking about the Chiefs offense, sixty five percent of his passes completed, six hundred fifteen yards, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, his average yards per attempt is eleven point one. He's I mean, his quarterback rating is one thirty one point five. He's only been sacked twice through two games. I I I think I think the 49ers know what they need to do and I think that there is some credence to the idea that maybe they might try to change some things up just because whatever whatever the teams did pre in previous weeks did not work against the Chiefs the Texans and the and the Titans.
1: Yeah and and the the one last thing I want to bring up here and and it's kind of in in favor of of this crazy Chiefs offense is that in the past this year the one team that the 49ers seem to have struggled against are teams that have mobile quarterbacks. Uh some of their worst defensive games were against a guy like Kyler Murray, a guy like Russell Wilson, who they have to play twice a week. Even, you know, Lamar Jackson, they, they lost to the Ravens. That was one of the few games they lost this year. Um it hmm. it's it's they're good at containing them from running the ball, but I think the problem is once they get out of that pocket, once, you know, the 49ers have a very aggressive defensive style and so sometimes they could over pursue and if if they allow Patrick Mahomes to get out of the pocket we all know that's where he's most dangerous and I think I think there's a little bit of a vulnerability there and we'll, we'll see if the, the the 49ers defense can kind of compensate for some of that we we all know Richard Sherman is, is playing some of his best football somehow right now um, despite him not being in Detroit sad uh, but uh, yeah it, I think of all the matchups this personal this matchup Mahomes versus the the Forty Nineers defense is by far the marquee one, and and by far the toughest one to predict too. I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree with that. All right, we're going to take a
1: break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and the Forty ers offense, and then we are going to get to some of our pa- favorite prop bets. Prop bets. We might get a uh, an alter ego cameo. We'll see. You'll just just come back and see we get back here on First Blood. And we are back with first bite Super Bowl preview edition. What what is this Super Bowl? It's Super Bowl Live, right? So LIV fifty four. I Think it's Super Bowl fifty four. Probably should have looked yes. that up beforehand.
2: I think you're right. Uh, Math checks out. Roman numerals check out. Nailed it.
1: Uh, we are back. We we're previewing Forty Nine ers versus Chiefs. We just got done talking about the Chiefs' offense versus Forty Nine ers' defense. This segment, we're going to talk about the 49ers when they have the ball and then get to some fun prop bets at the end. So let's talk about the 49ers with the, with the ball in their hands. Um, this was a team that was very fun to watch last week or two weeks ago, now against the Packers, dominated them in every phase of the game. And really, the, the, the headline was that running game. And while it wasn't that explosive in the regular season, uh, they've been rolling in the, in, the, in the postseason with that running game. And that could really be the key again. I mean, this this is where it gets fascinating and maybe the two weeks benefits the Chiefs here and figure out a way to stop them because the 49ers ran all over the Packers who had a pretty poor run defense. Chiefs run defense is even worse, 29th in DVOA. Are they going to just do the exact same thing this week?
2: It's possible. It's entirely possible. It's just, I truly think that this is going to be a high-scoring affair. Even though the 49ers are probably going to want to run the ball, they had not only one, not two, not three, but the Packers game was their fourth game of having 200 plus rushing yards in a game. Yeah. Which is quite impressive, if I might say. And then in addition to that, the previous one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games prior to that, a 100 yards or more each game. So, this is a team that runs the football. They like to run the football. They have, they have a you know a whole stable of backs when it comes to Mostert, uh, you know Tevin Coleman, Breda. They have guys back there who can run the football and who can do it well. Yeah. And why stray away from that, especially when it's going to be one of the forty or one of the Chiefs, you know, weaknesses, so to speak. But that Chiefs defense did stand up pretty stout against Derrick Henry and that Titans rushing offense. So. Maybe they won't get too reliant upon it.
1: Yeah, and that's really an important data point to bring up because sometimes the way people play in in the in the postseason is is very counter to to how they played in the regular season. I do feel like early in that game, though, Derrick Henry did find a lot of success, and and while his final stat line against the Chiefs was not that impressive—a uh, 19 carries for 69 yards, so three three six a carry and only it's one score—I um, I do think the, the vulnerability is still there. The question is just whether. Again, the, that two weeks, it, it always gives you so much time pr- to prepare, to, to key in on, on what to stop. Um, will that be enough time for the Chiefs to figure out a, a way to do that? And will that be enough? Because honestly, I think people underrate Jimmy Garoppolo and, and this passing offense. I know you you said earlier, you think this offense is boring. It's not that good. I I, I don't want to say you said it's not that good. You didn't say that. But um I don't know. I don't, I don't view it that way at all. I think this is a very exciting offense and and the way they use play action, the way they use the the freaking fullback, like no one in the league uses. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's intuitive. It's, it's cutting edge. And I think it has a chance to really keep up with the chiefs in this game.
2: I think it's exciting from like a nerd's perspective. So
1: (laughs) that's fine. fine. Okay. So you're just calling me a nerd.
2: Oh, oh, I forgot you, you think it's exciting. Oh yeah, that's right. So then yeah, I guess. But but let's, I mean, let's take a look at the numbers. 29.9 points per game in the regular season. Pretty impressive. That's the second most points for, uh, in the NFL. So I I mean, there are players who excite me. I am a big George Kittle fan. I think he's everything that Lions fans should hope that TJ Hawkinson can be for years Mm -hmm. to come. Sure. I think where things get really exciting, though, is the 49ers defense. And we already talked about that a little bit, but they made that trade to get Emmanuel Sanders. And I think that that was maybe what, not necessarily what pushed them over, because I do think that their defense is such a big, big aspect. But getting a veteran receiver like Emmanuel Sanders, who is just so consistently good. I think they needed that presence because they really didn't have that. They had a bunch of young guys. They had Marquise Goodwin, um, Debo. Yeah, and you know Debo Samuel, who is, you know, having having just a fine season so far. Yeah, but I, I think getting that veteran presence in the locker room, I think that that made a big difference, and I think that that is something to definitely keep an eye on for the for the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think we also need to not completely underrate the chiefs defense while they're really bad at defending the run in the regular season. They, they made huge strides defending the pass. You know, they were, they were sixth best pass defense in DVOA in, in 2019 during the regular season. And I think a lot of that goes to what the lions are hoping or lions fans are hoping to do. And that's adding a pass rush. You know, Frank Clark was a big addition. Um, He went out and said, the 49ers haven't seen a pass rusher like me before, which I would argue they see every day in practice. Uh, but um it, it's certainly I think a reason why the Chiefs made it back to the AFC Championship this year, and, and certainly a reason why they, they finally made it to the Super Bowl. Um it, it should be a good matchup, but I again I just I feel like people are throwing around or maybe they're not blatantly saying it, but throwing around the game manager type of label for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, if if I'm not mistaken, I think he has one of the highest QBRs in passes of 15 yards or downfield. And that's with you know, as as we were just mentioning, not a very impressive group of receivers, at least not big name receivers. You know, there, there wasn't a receiver that had, there was only one receiver that had more than 600 yards this year. And that was Debo Samuel. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly where I'm going with this. I just think it's, I think people are underrating both the Chiefs' pass defense and the 49ers' pass offense.
2: Yeah. One of my favorite things about pro football reference is the nicknames that are on there. Jimmy Garoppolo, have you ever heard him called Prince Aladdin? What? That sounds mildly racist. It kind of does. It kind of does. But I don't think it's fair to throw the... Game manager label onto to Jimmy Garoppolo. When I think of game managers, I think of Trent Dilfer.
1: Right, right.
2: Right? Like, I mean, if we're going to go Mitchell all Trubisky,
1: the way, Except he doesn't manage it either.
2: No, the only thing he manages are the TVs in Hallis Hall. <laughs> so. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But, I mean, a speedy recovery to Mitchell Trubisky because he had surgery on his torn labrum and is not throwing shoulder. So true. Uh, speedy recovery. Hope you're ready for week one. Yes, please <laughs>
1: get the best rehab you can possible.
2: Possible. Exactly. All right.
1: Um, before we move on to profits, do you want to give a prediction of, do we want to do our, our, first bite prediction type of thing where we do the one thing we think we know? I feel like that's appropriate.
2: Oh yeah. I like that.
1: I think that's a good idea. All right. What's the one thing you think you know about Super Bowl live?
2: One thing I think I know and it's maybe a good segue into our prop bets, but I think that this is going to be reminiscent of the game that the 49ers had against the Saints in the regular season where they ended up beating them on a final drive. They won mm-hmm. 48 to 46. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think it's going to be a, an exciting Super Bowl in the way that last year's Super Bowl was not. <laughs> With a letdown, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I... I'm a little bit afraid of that just in uh, just because I feel I'm very hyped for the Super Bowl. It's one of the most interesting matchups that that I've seen in a long time. It's two up and coming teams that, that are probably going to be here more than once. I feel like the 49ers and the chiefs are billed for long-term success. So this won't be the last where we're hearing of either teams. It won't be, you know, a, a one and done type of situation like we may have seen with the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing I think I know is that I'm just gonna say I think the 49ers win this game. I, wow. Whenever, I whenever it's the Chiefs, whenever it's like presented, and I know this is a very simplistic way to put this matchup, but like a very strong offense versus very strong defense, I tend to lean towards a defense. I really think defenses usually come out of that sort of battle on top, and I think the the the, the 49ers, even if if they s- slip up defensively they've got an offense that's that's potent enough to both keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline and keep up with him in a, in a, in a shootout. Like you said, they could win a 40 point game if they have to. So I I just feel like the 49ers have more paths to success, whether it's hold. I think they're more capable of of slowing it down to a game. That's only in the twenties, but I feel like if they have to speed it up, they can. So I I don't know. I just feel like the, the the more well-rounded team there.
2: I see your point. And I disagree with it.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Patty All right, let's get to some prop bets. All right. Patty Mahomes do, is, uh, do you want to start with some statistical ones? Some like funny ones.
2: Let's start with some funny ones because this podcast always needs humor. All right. Let's let's just go to
1: the halftime show. It's okay. JLo and Shakira. Will JLo show butt cleavage? Yes is plus 250. No is minus 400.
2: I'm going to say. I'm trying to bet with my heart. But I should be betting with my head. I don't know what this says. I'm going to say no. I don't think she no. shows any butt cleavage because I think that Lo at this point in her career is not selling sex. So I don't think that we're going to get any butt cleavage.
1: I think your rationale is completely misguided, but I think you're right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, will Jay-Z be shown at any point oh, in the God. halftime show? Yes, plus 600, no, minus 1,500.
2: <laughs> What's the line on who cares? <laughs> um,
1: it's one-to-one. You just get your money back.
2: I, I don't think they will show Jay-Z for a Ooh, ah, oh, mm, I don't know. No, I don't think they're going to show Jay-Z because I don't think they even want to entertain the idea of having Colin Kaepernick be a part of this broadcast.
1: That's fair. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, speaking of which, there is a will the words Colin Kaepernick be said. Yes, plus 300. No, minus 500.
2: Oh, my gosh. They should put minus. They should put no at minus a billion. So yeah, you're no. saying jump all over that no. Jump all over that no. Do you have a mortgage? <laughs> Put it on no.
1: Here's a fun one. Will we'll Darrell Revis tweet about Richard Sherman during the game? <laughs> yes,
2: plus 200, <laughs> minus 300. Oh, that's, that's good. I would. What is the yes? Plus 200. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Plus yeah I, th- I think yeah. the
1: answer is yes for sure as well.
2: Yeah, I like that. So it has to happen during the game. He doesn't have to like at his Twitter handle, does he? He just has to like just mention, mention him, Richard Sherman. Yeah. yeah. What if it's not by name? What if it's by number? Like, yeah, number twenty-five. That's what I, I think I thought. that counts. Come on, that counts for sure.
1: I, I hope so. If he gets burned once, you like, he's absolutely jumping on Twitter, right?
2: Y- you, you would have to think so. And there's just, <laughs> there's just a pos there's such a great possibility that he's going to get torched.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I know, I know Lions fans are all over hating on Richard Sherman right now because he said mean things about their team, but.
2: I'm not a Lions fan, so.
1: <laughs> you're, you're just taking over Chris's throne of not being a Lions fan?
2: Somebody has to plant that flag.
1: <laughs> all right, I like this one. It's a cross sports bet. Which will be higher, Jimmy Garoppolo pass completions or Zion Williamson points plus rebounds versus the Rockets? Are you swept up in Zion ma- mania right now?
2: Um, I'm not crazy about Zion mania. I know. I don't know. Like right now it's just a really weird state with the NBA. I think all of us are like at a point of grieving with the Kobe Bryant news. So sure. basketball is just kind of taking a back seat to everything else just because however you feel about Kobe Bryant as a basketball player, as a human being, like he was just an icon You know, he was just a, he was, he was a figure for that generation of, of basketball fans. And he was for me. And I mean, he was obviously a villain because of, you know, you know, the series against the Pistons and, you know, the trade that he blocked when, you know, Joe Dumars had pursued him and everything. So uh, Zion Williamson points and rebounds. That was a great segue, Ryan. Uh, Zion Williamson, <laughs> points and rebounds total. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say Jimmy Garoppolo has more pass completions. That, interesting, because I think it's gonna be a shoot it out, shoot it out type of game. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I f-
1: I feel like if the 49ers had their way though, he'd only attempt like 20 passes.
2: Oh, okay. But what if he completes like 19 of them? You're counting on, counting on Zion Williamson to. I don't know.
1: I don't. I. I. The, I, the, the ball was in your court, figuratively, <laughs> there because yeah. I don't know anything about how Zion <laughs> Williamson has played since he came back.
2: He had four. He, for for a reference, he had fourteen points the other night.
1: And what I imagine at least like five rebounds, right? Then
2: so sure, right around like that number, nineteen. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it, it's a it's an interesting prop bet, nonetheless. Yeah. I think.
1: <clears throat> All right, I have to do this because of my brand. Will a flea flicker be attempted? Yes. Plus two seventy
2: five, no minus four fifty. What do you think? I think you have to put the money on yes, just because I think the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I mean we we've seen almost one trick play per game. I feel like in the playoffs, this, and and now having two weeks to implement at least one, something's gonna happen. Whether it's a flea, I would hope it's not a flea flicker for for the team <laughs> that's doing it's sake because it's a horrible play for and the brand. two good pet. It, well, it's bad for the brand, but it's also bad for both <laughs> these teams, I think, because it's a horrible play that doesn't succeed, especially against two really good pass defenses. So, I'm, I I think the answer is no. I hope the answer is no, but I would probably put money on the S. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so too.
1: All right, let's do one more. You want to more, more funny, or more st- stats based?
2: Bring, bring me some. Bring me some stats based. Okay,
1: let's see. Let's go with, do you, do you have a person in, let, you know, let's, let's hand you one Patrick yeah. Mahomes, mm. Longest completion yardage. What is over, it over under, under? over under 44 and a half over under 44 and a half over. That's a long, that's a long completion.
2: It is, but it's going to be over.
1: <laughs> it's not
2: no way. Yeah. No way. What's what's the what's the um what's the line on the over? It doesn't it doesn't say it doesn't, oh, it doesn't say over or under. Yeah. I am gonna I'm gonna take the over just because the Chiefs had that kick. like and here's the other thing too, like with prop bets and betting on the under, how lame. You're rooting <laughs> against the Chiefs having a play of less than four yards. Come That's on.
1: true. But you're also just you also wanna be right.
2: Yeah, kind of. You kind of also <laughs> just want to root to have fun. And also scared money don't make money, so. All right.
1: Let me let, let's end this with MVP odds because I feel like okay. that's always a, a popular one um one. to put on. I'll list the top let's go to the top ten-ish. So Mahomes is, is number one, plus one twenty-five, Garoppolo plus three hundred, Raheem Mostert plus five fifty, Kittle plus a thousand. Damien Williams plus 1,600, Travis Kelsey plus 1,800, Tyreek Hill plus 1,800, Nick Bosa plus 1,800, Richard Sherman plus 3,300, and Debo Samuel plus 3,300.
2: Super Bowl MVP is always a tricky one.
1: Yeah. I'll throw these up here for you guys too.
2: Because I always think back to... um. I always think back to the Super Bowl, and I'm totally blanking on his name right now. But it was the defensive back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who won Super Bowl MVP back in the early 2000s because he had a couple of interceptions. I'm being a terrible, terrible.
1: Uh, Yeah, Dexter Jackson.
2: Dexter Jackson. See, I thought it was Dexter Williams for some reason. Anyways, yeah, and I think Super Bowl MVP is just one of those it's truly like a measurement of their impact on the game versus where, you know, typically like the MVP is always like, who's the best quarterback on the best team, right? This game can truly, it can be anybody.
1: Right. But, but if, if it plays out the way you think it is where it's a shootout, it's gotta be the quarterbacks, right?
2: Yeah. If it's a shootout, then it's gotta be the quarterbacks. Unless, unless what if like George Kittle has three touchdown catches? How do you not give it to him?
1: Because you give it to Garoppolo for throwing three touchdown passes. See, that's so right. Mean, the the you're right. Only right, you're right, right but I hate. If, if Garoppolo throws three touchdown passes and three interceptions, then maybe you're right. But if he hmm. throws three interceptions, are they winning that game? Probably not.
2: Yeah, George Kittle at plus 1,000 is an interesting bet, but I don't think anybody's going to give him points for like, oh, he was such a good run blocker the entire game. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you don't you don't score a lot of MVP votes for pancakes.
2: Yeah, no. You should though. I mean, pancakes are great. Who doesn't love they're pancakes? They're delicious.
1: I'm more of a waffle guy, but they're delicious.
2: Ooh, me too. Me too.
1: <laughs> All right. We're we're talking waffles. I think that means it's time to end. Ryan, I hope you have a great Super Bowl. I'm very excited about it. We we managed to talk about the Super Bowl the entire time without talking about commercials, which I'm proud of.
2: Wow, I'm really I'm really, really proud of us. Um we're kinda like waffling out right now, right? All right. Thanks for joining us. We will oh couple announcements before we go.
1: Um podcast will be recorded Monday night. We're not gonna do it during or after the Super Bowl this week. Also, there may be um yes, thank you for showing people an M for Monday. <laughs> I guess. Um, also you may see another podcast or two on the feed this week. Um, we have SB Nation Radio down in Miami for the Super Bowl, and they're, they're scoring a whole bunch of interviews. So if they score any that they deem worthy of, of Lions fans wanting to listen to it, they're just going to throw it on our feed. So be on the lookout for that. Some good content down there. Love that. But other than that, that that's it. That's our Super Bowl preview. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you eat some good food, make some fun prop bets stiffer arm your own dog in the face so he doesn't bother you while you're trying to do an outro and we'll see you Monday (laughs) you did that
2: magnificently